At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds, hanging out with you guys for three hours, discussing all things college basketball, 15 conference tournament championship games today. Make sure over the next three hours, tweet at the show. We want to hear from you guys at VEASAN Live on Twitter, at Wes Reynolds 1, at Femi Abebefe. Coming up, a comprehensive preview of all the major conference championship games today. Big 12, Big East, ACC, Pac-12, Mountain West, and much more. Live betting opportunities as we get set for the semifinal games underway in the SEC, Big 10, AAC, and much more. But Wes... Man, this is the time of the year, buddy. This is it's it go is. time. It is absolutely go time. And for a lot of teams here trying to get into the end of the field, uh, I wait for the puff of white smoke when Joe Lenardi <laughs> sends out the email of who's going to be the last four in, who's going to be the first four out and whatnot. So, uh, uh, look, Virginia Tech in that ACC game tonight, they can mm. absolutely res- absolve all doubt if they can go ahead and beat Duke four games in four days. Uh, I think a couple clubs put themselves in very good position yesterday, including my alma mater, Indiana, yes, who's sir. going to tip off uh, at the top of the next hour against Iowa. First time they have been in the Saturday semifinals in the Big Ten tournament since 2007, Femi. Wow. It's, it's, it's been a wait for Indiana. So now you look at some of these teams that are kind of in the sweat zone a little bit. Wyoming, perhaps, even though mm. I still think that they're in – 
They did lose last night to Boise State. Michigan kind of a little bit on that bubble. SMU, who, by the way, gets Memphis today. I think Memphis has put themselves in over the last week or week and a half. But SMU, Xavier, some of these teams like Xavier and Wake Forest that are already eliminated. (laughs) It's like you wonder if it's out of sight, out of mind here, and that's what you Mm -hmm. worry about. But those teams, Texas A&M, still very much live. They're going to tip off of Arkansas here in the SEC semifinals over the next hour. So Dayton also still alive in the A-10 tournament. Will the A-10 get two bids? I think it's assumed that Davidson would get the AQ as the number one seed should they go ahead and win that tournament. You talked about yesterday seeing Indiana get that victory over Illinois. I mean, we saw some really big performances. I mean, Providence losing to Creighton. Creighton just looked terrific in the garden. Kansas looked really impressive against TCU. Kentucky, they held serve against Vandy. Texas A&M started the day off with a little bit of a Mm -hmm. shocker, knocking off Auburn. Duke, they held on against Miami. What stood out to you most? From Hoosiers aside, because I know you had your eye on Indianapolis, but what stood out to you the most from what we saw in yesterday's action? Yeah, I think when you look at uh, some of these performances yesterday, I think obviously Texas A&M knocking out Auburn. We saw on Thursday night, Baylor lose to Oklahoma. So that's going to change the one line. Like usually the one line, which is always a big storyline, obviously, the day before the bracket is released on Sunday, Usually it's kind of already decided who the number ones are going to be at this standpoint, but I don't know that it is. And I think maybe Baylor and Auburn got knocked off that one line. We assume Gonzaga, Arizona, that they're, They're that they're good as number one seeds. I think Kansas, somebody from the big 12 is going to be a number one seed. They're the top conference in America. Kansas has Texas tech tonight. If you get that win, that's obviously, you know, a top 10 quad one win. I think that would absolutely lock it in for Kansas. And then, I think Kentucky would get it over Duke. I don't know. If you watch Duke, they have not looked really very good over the last couple days. And then dating back to their game, of course, losing on Coach K's uh, final (laughs) game in Durham that we talked about here on this program last Saturday. Duke, if you look defensively, they're just not getting it done. They have trouble Mm -hmm. guarding ball screens up top and – Miami had them life and death last night. Maybe Virginia Tech can do it. Virginia Tech, by the way, this is their fourth game in four nights. So yeah. we'll see if the tired legs, you know, bear fruit. But you and I know and have been enough to enough like summer basketball, AAU tournaments to know sometimes these kids play two and three games on a Saturday <laughs> after morning to Saturday night. So it's like you're not going to get tired. Yeah. No, that, I think that's, that's a good point. And, like, I think with these teams like a Virginia Tech, like the Indiana Hoosiers, sometimes you get these weekends to where a team just feels good. Mm-hmm. And they just, whether it's four games in four days, we saw it with Georgetown last year, Oregon State Momentum last year. Momentum absolutely it, matters. It really matters. And you see them play loose in these games. I mean, heck, we almost saw it with Boston College mm-hmm. in the ACC tournament. And Miami was able to beat them at the buzzer in that spot there. But just the kind of the momentum building and the confidence building for these teams who don't have a ton of pressure in these spots there, I think is a very, very big deal there. Uh, we saw Villanova edge past UConn last night, 63 to 60, setting up now Villanova Creighton in the big East tournament here. UConn's been a team that a lot of people have talked about as a potential mm-hmm. uh, team that's outside the top four seeds that could make a deep run. Uh, they looked impressive at times last night there, but Villanova, it's tough to, this team does not, they don't beat themselves. No, they don't. 
and number one, they're arguably the best foul shooting team I believe yeah. it is of all time right now, currently 82.7%. Even though Colin Gillespie did miss the second of two shots at the end there last night, who's like a 90% foul shooter, by the way, depending on your number, you might have got at least a push out of that deal, perhaps a cover if you got the early number with mm -hmm. that Miss Gillespie foul shot. But watching that game, that was a physical game. Was. That was an absolute, you know, that was that was like a rugby match last night between those guys. Uh, UConn, I think, really lost a lot of opportunities, uh, missed a lot of bunnies at the rim. Uh, Sonogo is really one of their best players. Uh, six of 15, missed a lot of bunnies, missed a lot of putbacks. That probably cost UConn the game. So I do kind of like Creighton in that spot getting seven tonight against Villanova because Villanova not only playing shorthanded, we know Samuels has had some back mm -hmm. spasms. Uh, Jay Wright not really being able to go a lot very deep into his rotation, only plays a few guys. And Creighton, Creighton, I think, always kind of has the chip on their shoulder that they feel like the outlier in the Big East, you know. Even though I think they've established themselves as a highly competitive program in this conference, they're not one of the – because they're that school out in Omaha. They're not in the East. They're not the old Big East that we grew up watching in the 80s and 90s. So – I think this is a really important game. Not that it's not for Villanova, but I think that this is a really important game for Creighton, who I thought was kind of going to go in the tank without the point guard, Ryan Nemhard. And credit to Coach McDermott out there and his guys. Ever since Nemhard went down, yeah, they lost to Providence. They got blown out. Providence clinched the Big East regular season title that night. But they beat Connecticut. They were right in the game with Seton Hall even though they lost the finale at home, but they beat Marquette and Providence back-to-back, -back, and they absolutely killed Providence yeah. last night, 85-58. to 58. So I like Creighton. I thought seven was a little high here. Yeah, and no, I mistakenly laid the four-and-a-half in the second half with Providence, thinking that they'd maybe make this a close because, game. Well, I understand that because they've done <laughs> that all year because they've won every, every single game. damn close game. They win every <laughs> overtime game. I mean, and they're like tops if you look at that Kempom category in terms of luck. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to use that to discredit Providence because they had Cooley's done a tremendous job with this team, but sometimes you get the breaks, Femi, and sometimes you don't. Providence yeah. has really gotten them all season. Didn't get them last night. The total in that game between Creighton and Villanova over at BetMGM, 128 and a half. I'm seeing six and a half as a line, sevens in other places here around Las Vegas. So if you like the Creighton Blue Jays, you know where to shop and get that number. Real quick before we turn our attention to today's games, are we doing this Izzo thing again here, Wes? I mean, I mean, yeah. last night we saw them get that win against Wisconsin. Yeah. They only made one three-pointer, and this is the month where people start to say January, February, Izzo. Well, one of the things, and that narrative I think kind of does get overplayed mm. because if you look over the last five years, about 50% against the numbers. So it's not like, you know, I think it's baked into the cake because Izzo has went to eight Final Fours in his career, and he won a national championship. That was all the way, what was that, 2000? 2000. With uh, the Flintstones, the Dean <laughs> Cleaves, and Mo Pete, and Charlie Bell and all those guys, but, you know, Hall of Fame coach, I mean, you've always got to respect Tom Izzo, but they kind of out Wisconsin, Wisconsin last night, and Izzo, quite frankly, over the last several years, he's gotten the better of Wisconsin more often than not, whether it's Bo Ryan, whether mm -hmm. it's Greg Gard, it's like, he's the one team, seemingly, that has Wisconsin's number, maybe call Indiana and get that elixir, because they've lost to him, like, 31 <laughs> of the last 40 times, but, nevertheless, Michigan State is going to get Purdue, Purdue did not cover last night, and they really Really didn't deserve to, even though they had a chance at the end, depending on your number, Travion Williams tries that windmill dunk and it doinked and it doinked all the way from Indianapolis to Fort Wayne. I mean, it doinked off the back of that rim. So they could have won by 10. 
I know the number is big, and it is so tempting to take Michigan State. I mm. think Michigan State probably ends up with most of the tickets and most of the money because it's like six and a half. Well, they just lost to these guys up there a couple weeks ago, yeah. 68-65. But I do think Purdue is kind of ready maybe to run somebody out because they haven't covered a number in a little, in a little while here. And, you know, they've kind of been scuffling a little bit. The mm. defense is actually, which has been their weakness, has gotten a little bit better the offense still pretty good now down to number two nationally in adjusted offensive efficiency, but I'm going to go almost like a contrarian favorite here and I'm okay. going to lay it with the Boilermakers. I think that they're ready to maybe run somebody out and it could be Michigan state that falls prey to that today. We'll talk about that game in depth here in a little bit, as well as the Indiana game in the semifinals of the big 10 tournament real quick going on right now in the Ivy league, a really intriguing game between Cornell and Princeton. Princeton right now leads 50 to 48 early in the second half. They're laying five and a half on the live number total up to 156 and a half right now in the Ivy. League. Yeah, Princeton, by the way, it's they do four teams now, basically, here up in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Princeton's the number one seed, so number one seed in the one big league loses in conference tournament. You go to the NIT, obviously, Princeton has other upper aspirations, but Cornell right with him, 50-48. Uh, to 48. The second game, by the way, I believe in about two hours from now is going to tip. That's going to be Penn and Yale. That's the three versus two in the Ivy League, so you have that going on. You have a ticket more than likely to be punched here in the America East. Vermont how rare is it to lay 16 and a half in a conference <laughs> championship game and you know UMBC is at a respectable season under Jim Ferry the first year head coach there but Vermont is just so much better they lost one game in the regular season this is the best team out of the state of Vermont since Larry his brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl if you remember that show <laughs> new art in the early to mid 80s this Vermont team is very good and uh, that might be a team you don't want to necessarily see in the first round yeah Vermont is terrific and they've been really terrific so far today up 53 to 32 24 and a half is the number on the live line on the other side we're going to talk big 10 semifinals games and some other games around the power conference championships we're just getting started here it's betting across america at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, 
We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting tomorrow with six hours of free live video streaming here on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, and Tim Murray, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VSIN college hoops experts. Tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, free on vsin.com. I'm not an expert. You're not, <laughs> you're not an expert. I'm apparently not an expert <laughs> you, you based up for our copyright. Neither, neither am I. And, you know, <laughs> so we're good. But, but I think but, you have more chops to well, be offended. Well, no. well, like, well, like Charles Barkley says, uh, only God is an expert, Ernie. <laughs> There we go. Who thought we would have got a Charles Barkley reference here here early on? He's going to be in the studio here doing some college basketball for the first time. I always think it's kind of funny when the NBA crew jumps in, in there and, yep. and parachutes in with everybody yes. else in the country. Yes. <laughs> After watching five minutes of college basketball throughout the season, Femi Bebfe, Wes Reynolds, it's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. And we're talking a little Big Ten tournament semifinals. And the game tipping off at the top of the hour. You, Wes, will be keeping a close eye on this one between your Indiana Hoosiers. And the Iowa Hawkeyes, two teams playing really well. Hawkeyes have been awesome over the last few weeks. They're laying five and a half over at BetMGM. Total 144 and a half here, Wes. And Hoosiers have been hot so far in this tournament, but 
Here comes Iowa, and they've looked really, really good. Yeah, you get to uh, buckle up a Bebefe for the uh, <laughs> next two hours when uh, Indiana and Iowa go ahead and have the showdown here. First time Indiana has been in Saturday semifinals and Big Ten tournament action since 2007. They have never won this tournament. They've only made the final one time, but... Yeah, there's a reason why, if you look at the last two days with Indiana, these close, high-leverage situations late in the game, there's a reason why I don't have much hair left. <laughs> and it's because Indiana has just always disappointed. Whenever they needed to win a big game over the last several years, they could never win it, but they've won two already. So I wonder how they're going to approach this. And I think that they're going to play hard because I know a lot of people were kind of saying on the Twitter machine last night, this looks like a laydown spot for Indiana. Like, mm -hmm. oh, they know they're in the NCAA tournament. Hey, you still have a chance to bring home some hardware. You still have a chance to win a conference championship, and that's a big deal. And I was raised in that IU culture, probably because of Coach Knight, winning the regular season in the Big Ten because you didn't have a tournament was like it. That was like the goal. And and I think Mike Woodson is going to take a similar approach with his guys. Now, Iowa has been an absolute juggernaut in this tournament. They didn't even shoot the three ball very well yesterday and still put a ton of points on Rutgers. I think they put 81 yeah. on Rutgers yesterday. After putting up 200 two days ago. <laughs> or, or, yeah, excuse me, 84. It was one, yeah, 112.76 against Northwestern on Thursday. So this is a juggernaut. However, a little bit of a step up in class, and that kind of gets ignored for Iowa in the fact that Indiana number one in the Big Ten in defensive field mm -hmm. goal efficiency. So this is a team that has really defended well, and I think they've won their first two games with their defense, that comeback against Michigan. Now, it helped that Michigan was getting shots, but Indiana's defense had something to do with that. And then they held Illinois to droughts late in the second half, and you know, you get a little bit of breaks because Illinois misses a point-blank blank layup for the tie uh, to end regulation. So I actually like Indiana a little bit here. It is a very small play because I recognize the emotion. And, you know, I'm usually not a homer, honestly, with, with this team. If anything, I'm hypercritical yeah. of this team. I think you always all have your alma mater. But when you look at this, Iowa playing its third game in three days, so is Indiana. And so I don't think the tired legs, it's like, oh, Indiana's going to be tired. Well, then Iowa's going to show fatigue. Uh, now, the favorites have actually been good in the Big Ten tournament, though. 12-2, and 9-4-1 against the spread since 2014. So that would favor the Hawkeyes. But neither of these two, two teams off a bye. If it turns into a meat grinder, I think that this is Indiana's game here. So I do like Indiana plus the six. I think you might be able to get better depending on if you wait until tip off. I'm seeing mostly five and a halves, a few sixes out there. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I believe, uh, five and a half right now at BetMGM. So probably where it's going to close. But I think the late money probably goes to Iowa. Well, just like from listening to you and the way you were describing the game, it almost sounds like this could be an under type of situation. Indiana's defense mm -hmm. top ranked in the Big Ten there, and both teams now third game in three days here. Iowa's played better defensively. That's always been the knock on Fran's right. teams is that they don't defend right. anybody. They've been a little bit better. They've been good to their yeah. standards. Yeah. Maybe this one goes under there with that lean to the dog that you yeah, have. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Uh, the total right now I'm seeing as high as 145 here at mm -hmm. South Point, 144.5 at BetMGM. I would certainly lean that way as well because one of the things Iowa does – they're not great defensively. You're absolutely right. But they do force turnovers. Yeah. And 
that's what Indiana has got to do is take care of the basketball. But Indiana, I think, has done a very good job of taking the basketball. Like what Illinois was doing yesterday is they were blowing up those high ball screens. So Xavier Johnson, it took a little bit of while for him to get in a rhythm. He was a little bit loose with the ball early, even though he didn't turn it over, only had one turnover yesterday. And as a team, Indiana only had seven for the full game because this is a team early on in the conference season, even in the non-conference season, had real problems turning the basketball over. But they've gotten better, I think, in that area. So Iowa is one of those teams, too. They try to trap you a little bit and try to get turnovers to get offense because they like to get in transition. But if you get into your set, Iowa doesn't really put a lot of resistance. Like, you can kind of run what you want to run against this team. You're going to have opportunities at the rim, especially. So, obviously, Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson have got to be big here because Iowa really doesn't have that long center that sometimes Trace Jackson Davis can struggle with. You know, when you look at some of these big guys like a Zach Eady for a Purdue, yeah. a little bit Kofi Coburn, even though Trace uh, matched up with him very well yesterday, Iowa doesn't have that big long arm guy at center. So, Trace should be able to get what he wants down low. We had the graphic up earlier there, the bubble teams there in Indiana. We knew what was at stake heading into conference tournament week. Just for the record, Hoosiers in? Yeah, I think they're in. Yeah. I, I think that they have done enough to win these last two games. Now, they may be in like in Dayton in terms mm -hmm. of the first four games on Tuesday and Wednesday, even though I think there's a couple of the noted bracketologists out there that have them in that last four bye, which means they would not have to play in Dayton. Yeah. Obviously, they win this. Then they're definitely going to be in They'll that scenario. That. But, yeah, I think Indiana, look, both these teams are going to play hard. This is a chance to win a conference championship for Indiana, and Indiana has not won a conference championship in a little bit of while in Bloomington. So I don't think that they're just going to lay down and, and lay an egg here. I do like the Hoosiers. Yeah, it seems like it's a pretty good spot for this Hoosiers team. And these teams that defend, I think, give themselves chances in a lot of these games. We saw it yesterday with the game against Illinois there, that def the defensive prowess of an Indiana is mm -hmm. really, really good. In the other semifinal, this game tips off 1230 Pacific time, 330 over there on the East Coast. Purdue laying six and a half, total 142 and a half. I know you said that you would lean to the Boilermakers. Anything for you in terms of this total at 142 and a half? Yeah, I, I could see, you know, I could see an over here. Uh, it was a, it was only 133, I believe, the last meeting a couple weeks ago mm. up there at Michigan State. But, you know, I think both – sometimes when both these teams – like a lot of these unders get bet here in conference tournaments as you go along. If you look at the openers and then look at the closers, most of them are going to move to the under. And oftentimes I think that goes the opposite way, especially when you've got two teams – that know that they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. So it's not like they're playing for their lives yeah, it's here, not tense. you know, where they got a really <laughs> like you kind of saw Virginia tech last night, they were able to slow North Carolina down. And that's kind of what Virginia tech needs to do to win mm -hmm. those type of games, not necessarily these two teams. So you could get what I call happy action fun time. When you got two teams <laughs> that know that they're going to the NCAA tournament and it's like, you know what dudes, let's just go out and play ball, you know? And I think it's going to take, it takes more energy and it takes more urgency to play defense. And also to the point, I don't think teams like Jake or Tank at, at this time of year, but 
you do kind of want to be a little bit rested. Like, yeah. you know, how much of a bear do you really want to go through in these conference tournaments? So I think you like the over here, and I do kind of lean your way. But I did lay six and a half with the Boilermakers. I know a big number, and they haven't really been covering numbers lately. But this is kind of like going against the grain and actually taking a decent-sized favorite. I'm on the Boilers. Yeah, yeah, I took over 142 in this game just because I think, I mean, Sparty yesterday made one three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that's not going to continue to happen. They're a really good three-point shooting and, team. And one of the things about Michigan State that I don't like about this team, and it really has not changed over the course of the season, if you saw the game against Maryland on Thursday night, mm-hmm. if you pressure this team a little bit, they'll give the ball away to yep. you. This team has real trouble turning the basketball over. They just have not been able to figure that out. And if Purdue can get some turnovers like that, and Purdue doesn't always put a lot of resistance necessarily on the ball, they'll kind of let you run what you want to run. But if Purdue can get some turnovers and get some easy buckets and transition, this could be a long afternoon. Uh, Jaden Ivey likes to jump those passing lanes there. So Absolutely. He and gets if, out in transition. And if he gets downhill, he's either <laughs> getting luck. fouled or he's finishing. So uh, we saw that last night. Yeah, good luck there for Sparty. These conference tournaments, it's interesting, and we'll discuss this more at length on the other side, but I kind of wanted to leave you with this, is just how much stock do we put into how these teams are playing this week and heading into next week? I want you to think about that, and we'll discuss that at length on the other side. We'll also pick up our big 12 tournament talk, Kansas-Texas Tech, two of the better defensive teams in the country. Where's the value in the Big 12 championship game with a one seed on the line, possibly for both teams? We'll discuss that at length. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next college basketball bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. we got a lot of games going on right now. Cornell's taking on Princeton. That's a really terrific game so far. Yeah. Six minutes left to go in the second half. Princeton down 67-66, but they are one and a half on the live line, plus 115 over at BetMGM, total 158 and Yeah, Brian Earl, the head coach of Cornell, uh, facing his mentor, friend, Mitch Henderson, who is the Princeton head coach, Brian Ryan Earl, by the way, a three-time captain as a player at Princeton, won three Ivy League titles, now trying to do it for the other side with Cornell. 67 to 66, uh, our buddy and friend of the network here at VEASAN, Dallin Cuff, on the call for this yeah, game, for go. this doubleheader here in Cambridge. And, and we were talking about the Big Ten in the last segment here, Wes, and I want to kind of left off with a question for you in terms of how much stock you put into how well these teams play during conference tournament week. Because last year we saw Illinois, who could forget their run in the Big Ten Conference mm-hmm. Tournament. They enter as a number one seed. Everyone said, all right, here we go, Illinois-Gonzaga, because Baylor had looked a little shaky right. in the Big 12 tournament, and then they get bounced out on Sunday of the second round of the NCAA tournament. So I ask you, how much stock do you put into how teams play this week heading into next week? Yeah, I, I think it's really a case-by-case basis because sometimes you get that team on a run. What Was it 2014? 
team femming when UConn? Mm-hmm. Well, or actually, no. Uh, what was the year cardiac Kemba? That was 20, 2014. UConn did win it as well. Yes. But 2011 was cardiac. 2011 Kemba. was cardiac yeah. Kemba when they had to win like five games in five days, and it's like. Oh God, this team's going out quick and yep. they just kept winning and winning. And then 2014, they did the same thing with Kevin Ollie where they should have got eliminated in the first round by St. Joe's. <laughs> and then they got their scare and then they ended up winning the whole darn thing. So, One of the most confusing NCAA tournaments of my yeah, life. <laughs> well, I recall because I faded Connecticut a few times and I came up with a few losing tickets. I'm like, this team's got to lose, man. This team's yeah. got to lose at some point. Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting, uh, uh, I guess, case scenario here. And uh, I saw a tweet actually yesterday, a trend. I think it was from David Warlock initially from the NCAA. I know also Steve Mackinnon was tweeting mm-hmm. our own Stormy Bonantani about this. No team that had lost in the quarterfinals of the conference tourney has won the national title since 1985. And Villanova didn't even win. Uh, I think they got eliminated in the semifinals that year in the Big East. But Teams that didn't make the conference tourney championship game, by the way, 28-51-2 ATS against conference champions. So that includes like your lower majors and your yep, mid majors the as well. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, and that's why I talked about it at the top of the show, maybe Auburn and Baylor not making it far in their conference tournament, maybe played them way off the one line when the bracket comes off tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I do think that you obviously want to be playing well, but you want to have energy in terms of these tournaments too. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's a case by case. Some teams, you know, the momentum carries them to the distance. And sometimes you'll see them a little bit tired in that first game. Uh, if they, especially if they play like the Thursday game yeah. on first round, we have one less day. So I, I really think it's, it's not like a universal scenario here. It is really a case by case basis here. I tend to think when you have like older players, it's not that big of a deal, especially when you have senior guards, because that's one of the old credos in the NCAA tournament. Senior guards win games in the NCAA tournament. So if it's a young team, then I'd look to maybe fade them early on. If it's a veteran team, you know, like a Villanova or somebody like that that has senior guards, then I'd want to look to be on them. I think one that really stands out to me was back in 2015, Iowa State. If you remember that one, they went on that run in the Big 12 tournament, Mm -hmm. beat Kansas in the championship game in Kansas City, and everyone said, here comes Iowa State, this three seed. They were a very trendy pick to go deep, and then they lost to UAB by like 11.30 Pacific time on Thursday. Yeah. As a number three seed, losing to a 14 seed. And, like, it just goes to show, like, just because a team plays really well and is the quote-unquote hot team right now mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily translate to what you might see the week and, later. And that's a very good point you make, Femi, because that gets priced in the market too. Yeah. And even when it's priced in the market, betters, especially a lot of your casual betters that are going to be betting we'll across the jump country, on those teams coming into Vegas, they want to ride the hot team. Mm-hmm. They're scared if a team you know loses two and three in a row. It's like, oh, God, here we go again. They can't back that team. You got to back the hot team. Not necessarily so. And then what you saw, what you mentioned about uh, the Iowa State loss that one year, it's all draw dependent. Everything mm-hmm. is draw dependent now. It depends on who you get, which team you get at the right time. Like we talk about kind of those mid-major teams or lower major teams that you don't necessarily want to play. One of them going on right now, that being Vermont, 72 to 36, 513 yeah. left to go, <laughs> doubling up UMBC. So the Vermont Catamounts, like that's kind of a team that, and, and they're probably going to be like a trendy underdog pick too, mm-hmm. depending on what seed they get. I, I think they probably get like a 13. Maybe they even get a 12. But yeah, those teams like Vermont, those teams like South Dakota State, 
you don't really want to necessarily play those teams. And I know that sounds so cliche because you always Mm -hmm. hear that, but you don't want to play those teams because those teams are really good and they're really experienced and they don't beat themselves. They take care of the basketball. They run good stuff. They take good shots. They're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to panic if they get into a deficit. They're not going to make it easy on you essentially. And that's like when you're the high seed, you want those teams. That's like, okay, let's go on that one run by the under 12 media timeout in the first half. Mm -hmm. We got this, Mm -hmm. but a team like a Vermont, they're not going to make it easy on you because a 27 and five record indicates, as you mentioned, how they do know how to win. And one other thing I want to bring up about, like some of those underdogs, like in the first round or those 12s and those 13s and 14s. One thing to keep in mind this year is that we are back with fans. We are back in all the different regional sites across the country. We are not in the bubble in Indianapolis with like FFO friends and family only, or like athletic (laughs) department staff. You are there with full crowds and you've been to NCAA tournament sites. I've been to NCAA tournament sites, all rounds of the tournament. It never fails. I don't care where you are, depending on the amount of fans that are there. If they're not aligned with the certain team, like one of the chalky teams, they are rooting for the underdog. 100%. And that absolutely matters. And you will see some teams. You'll see a couple teams later this week that will get rattled in that situation. Panic on site. Every single year you see it at one of these. It tends to be one of these early games that kind of sets off yeah. that sort yeah, of Yeah, that Thursday there. morning because yep. <laughs> we're always so excited Thursday. And when they announce, after they announce the bracket, usually very late on Sunday night is when they'll announce the times of the games and they'll mm-hmm. have the broadcast teams assigned and whatnot. They do that on purpose, the networks, in terms of CBS and Turner. They're saying, we want to put the upsets right away on Thursday because they always like to have that because that generates the buzz when some big team, when some top four seed goes out, like in the first session, you know, oh, it's the madness. Madness, It's the madness. It's a TV show. They do that for a reason. It is an absolute TV show. And I know Scott Van Pelt, who's a passionate college basketball guy, brought that up earlier this week. They are going to try to put the most likely upsets in that first session on Thursday. Real quick, Wes, we got a question from our loyal listener and viewer, Trip Tepper. Uh, we always appreciate when he chimes in on Twitter. Make sure to tweet at us, at VEASAN Live, at Wes Reynolds 1, at Femi Abebefe. And this pertains to the Big 12 championship game, Kansas laying two and a half today against Texas Tech. And he asked, with a win today, could Texas Tech get a number one seed as arguably the best team in the Big 12? Texas Tech would be 4-1 and one versus Baylor and Kansas. So how could you put the Bears or Jayhawks ahead of them with that sort of record? I ask you, do you believe that it's possible for the Texas Tech Raider Raiders to get onto the one line? I think I'm not saying they wouldn't be deserving, but mm-hmm. I think probably two is their ceiling because if you look right now, Texas Tech, I think consensus would probably be on the three line right now. They'd be on that three line with like Tennessee, with a Villanova, perhaps a Wisconsin. We'll see what Purdue does today if they'll drop because the twos right now, I believe, are Duke, uh, perhaps Kentucky. Yeah, Purdue. Auburn. So they would have to jump because my opinion on the ones, and I disagree with Lenardi here, he still has Baylor a one. I think Kentucky's going to end up a number one seed. I think it's going to be Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, even if they lose today, and Kentucky. So I think Texas Tech probably gets on that two line. But the thing is, if you were thinking that they could jump to the one, you would have to think that they're the first on the two line. And right now on the two line, Kentucky and Duke, I just think are ahead of them right now. So I don't think 
think that they can jump that many teams. Yeah, Joe Lenardi right now has Texas Tech as the number three in the South region down there in San Antonio, mm-hmm. which if you're Texas Tech, I think that's better than even being a two seed, yeah. at least the possible second weekend being And, and that's the away. one thing you bring up, Femi, in terms of like the pods. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to do with the pods here because they want, obviously, geographic advantage, and they also want to sell some tickets. Yes. So they don't want to <laughs> have to say, oh, you got to travel halfway across the country to come here. So that's why that they're going to put whether Kentucky's a one or a two, Kentucky's going to be in Indianapolis yeah. in the first and second round. Duke is going to be in Greenville, South Carolina. Duke, whether they're a one or a two, is going to be in Chicago because obviously that's Coach Gay's hometown. So He requested it. Yeah, he requested <laughs> it, and they're probably going to oblige. Um, among the other NCAA. things he has yes. requested along the way. Uh, this feels like the calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. We have games tipping off at the top of the hour in the SEC between A&M and Arkansas, the Big Ten, Indiana, Iowa. We still got to get to Texas Tech and Kansas in depth here. And, of course, a terrific game going on right now in the Ivy League semifinal between Cornell and Princeton. Don't go away. Betting across America. We're warming up, baby. It's hour one. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. 
When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer for the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game that you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And Wes, we got a fun game in the Ivy League semifinal here. Princeton and Cornell tied at 73. We have an official's review, shockingly. Of course we do. <laughs> shockingly in college basketball, but a terrific game that's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, I, I don't like when referees' backsides are, are on the camera. <laughs> never because great. that means that this is a delay in terms <laughs> of the game. So while that review is going on, congratulations the Vermont Catamounts, 82-43 mm-hmm. to 43 over UMBC. Vermont, Punching a ticket, baby. Vermont uh, could maybe be a 12, a 13 probably is the ceiling for the seed considering they're in a lower major conference. This is a Vermont team, by the way, with five senior starters. And this is a team that, you know, got a couple decent wins in the non-conference, beat Northern Iowa, uh, did lose at Maryland, lost at Providence in terms of their real step up in competition. But you look at, like, Vermont's schedule, it's like, oh, they didn't play anybody because nobody wants to play this team because yeah. if you lose it's like a no-win situation for you it's like oh well you should beat vermont not realizing that vermont is really it's damn good. good and they just steamrolled through this conference so uh we'll see the catamounts i think on the 12 or 13 line and that might be i don't want to say too trendy of an upset pick but you'll have a lot of people having vermont advance in their mm-hmm. bracket in the first round and maybe even yours truly yeah oh i think one of the big things to keep in mind when you're looking at these teams some of these mid-majors especially is that make sure you wait for the bracket to come out and then mm-hmm. analyze the bracket yeah. and the matchups. Yeah, from a pure because sense. I don't want to say, oh, I'm automatically yes. putting them through <laughs> because I have no idea who they're going to play because everything, what do they say? Styles make fights. Yeah. And styles definitely make fights in the NCAA tournament. So you want to see the styles of play. Like, I think when we're judging, like, the strength of the regions tomorrow, mm-hmm. we're going to be looking down, like, what did the math guys say? You know, what does the Ken Palm or Haslam metrics or Bartorvik say? You also got to not only examine numbers, you got to examine styles of play. 
you know, if you have a bunch of snails in one region or you have a bunch of track meet up-tempo teams, yeah. that is going to matter in terms of any uh, uh, style contrast. By the way, Princeton is now taking the lead. Yes, sir. 29 seconds left to go, 75 to 73. Timeout called by Brian Earl. Cornell going to try to tie this up and send this to OT. So we have a handful of games tipping off here at the top of the hour. We want to get to the SEC game because we haven't touched on that just yet. Texas A&M taking on Arkansas in the first semifinal down there at the Amelie in Tampa. The Razorbacks five and a half point favorites. Total 138 and a half. Do you have any lean on this game? I played a little under small at 139 on Texas A&M and Arkansas. Debating here over the next 15 minutes or so if I want to take Texas A&M that would be the side I would lead to. Obviously it's priced in. Texas A&M does you would think have to at least win this game to really get that at large consideration if they make mm -hmm. the SEC championship tomorrow they have won two games in a row had that overtime nail biter against Florida that they pulled off on Thursday and then I think led Auburn throughout Auburn made it a little bit close late but that was Texas A&M's oh, game yeah. I think from the jump Auburn was very flat Texas A&M all of a sudden and what a weird season this team has had this team started out 15 and 2 and 4 and 0 in the SEC SEC, I saw one of their two losses in person that was against Wisconsin when they hit like their first five threes and they were up like huge in the game. And then all of a sudden the threes weren't going down. Wisconsin started playing defense. That was 26 to 10 and Wisconsin <laughs> ended up leading at halftime. You like, okay, this game's over. Texas A&M's lost momentum. But after they started out 15 and two, this team lost eight games in a row. Femi, wow. they were down to 15 and 10. It was like, ah, oh, this is an NIT team. And then they get on a little rally winning five of their last six in the regular season, including at Alabama. They had won uh, against Arkansas earlier in the season. So this is probably a team that the reason why they're not in that maybe needs like another quote unquote quad one win. Mm -hmm. They would certainly get one against Arkansas right. today. Arkansas impressed me though. That was a L for me yesterday. I took LSU in that, in that spot. They yesterday. blitzed them in that second half. They, man. And what really changed was at the end of the first half, if you recall, LSU led pretty yes. much the entire first half. Arkansas was at the foul line. Will Wade gets a technical so Arkansas makes their foul shots LSU still within the number mm -hmm. in the first half I think they were getting two and they were down one what happens LSU turns the basketball yep. over Arkansas hits the shot the buzzer and your plus two in the first half is no good Arkansas led by three and you could just see the momentum switched really there woo pigs too I got them eight to one to win this SEC tournament mm -hmm. so we'll see how that unfolds there Auburn losing was a big development yeah. for me yesterday well and Arkansas is coming along at the right time because we know what Eric Musselman does he mm -hmm. did it when he coached uh, UNR uh, Nevada Reno and they ran it to the I believe the Elite Eight that year or the at least the Sweet 16 he likes to play a lot of turn or a lot of transfers and he hits the transfer portal hard he's really one of the first ones to do that and it takes a while for these transfers to come in like uh, Stanley Amude and Audis Tony and Chris Likes a lot of transfers and it takes a while for them to come together but they're coming together now at the right time. Let's get a rapid fire here. Wes got three games to get to. Indiana, Iowa, final thoughts. Hawkeyes, five and a half point favorites, total 144 and a half. Yeah, I, I took a little Indiana plus six here, and I took them a little bit in the first half. This actually, if you look, they only played one time this year. It was a nine-point Hawkeye win. Indiana had an 11-point lead in Iowa City with about two minutes left to go. Ended up only leading by seven, and then Iowa just really blitzed them in the second half. It was 42 to 26 Hawkeyes. So, look, the, the Iowa right now is playing like the best team in the Big Ten. Mm. And I think, I don't want to call them the best team, but they're certainly playing right now as the best team in the Big Ten. But I think it's priced in here at six. 
I don't think Indiana is going to lay down here. And I know Iowa's getting most of the action, but I think Indiana is going to be ready. Uh, this could get a, to be a heated game. It was kind of heated in the game in Iowa City where uh, uh, Connor McCaffrey and I know uh, Mike Woodson almost had some words <laughs> in that first game. So yeah, the McCaffreys are pretty hot-tempered t- uh, people yeah. if you don't know, Fan. I, I think that's a safe assumption there with what we've seen from Fran over the years. In the A-10, the Billikens of St. Louis catching three and a half against Davidson total 136 and have this one tipping off in about 10 minutes. Yeah, I did take the baby Billikens here. Uh, I think that uh, <laughs> Davidson, they're going to be interesting. Femi, mm-hmm. if, if they, cause they are the number one seed in the a 10, they won the regular season. Are they going to get an at large if they don't win this tournament? Or are we going to get two bids out of the a 10? That's kind of the quote unquote bid stealer thing right now. Third game in three days. Davidson was minus one, I believe, a few weeks ago at home against St. Louis. And now they're three and a half on a neutral site here in Washington, D.C. Davidson shot 14 of 24 from the three in that game. So if they're hitting their threes, not a lot of teams are going to beat them. But I like St. Louis. They held on against St. Bonaventure yesterday. The kid Lofton, I believe, missed two foul shots. It was like an 82% foul shooter. So... St. Louis hung on against Bonaventure. And I think when you get that real close fight, Femi, you get the adrenaline. Meanwhile, Davidson rolled over Fordham, who didn't have their best player, Darius Quisenberry. So I think when you've been in a close game like that and you've had that close shave, that gives you a little advantage. So I I split first half in game here, plus two first half, plus three and a half on the Billikens. Real quickly here in the Ivy League semifinal, Princeton leads Cornell 77-73 with 5.7 seconds left. Cornell inbounding from underneath their basket. They're going to need a miracle to try to pull this one off. They just launch a 50-foot three that goes out of bounds with an air ball. So Princeton will move on to the Ivy League mm-hmm. championship game. Uh, real quick here, we got a bid on the line in the MEAC as Norfolk State laying eight and a half against Coppin State, total 136 and a half. Small lean to Coppin State actually here. They got swept by Norfolk State, and oftentimes that narrative is too much like, oh, it's difficult to beat a three team, yeah. a team three times. Not necessarily so if you really look at the numbers. However, enough to do it twice. <laughs> yes. However, Jesse Zarzuela, uh, the best player for Coppin State, did return for the MEAC tournament. First game was a little bit rusty against Howard the other night. Last night against North Carolina Central had 27 points, 6 of 8 from the 3. Uh, Coppin State, by the way, and maybe this is that narrative street play that gives mm-hmm. me a hunch on Coppin State. Juan Dixon, the coach, the former Maryland yeah. great, that's a 20, throwback. <laughs> 20 years ago, that Maryland team, Juan Dixon was the captain of under Gary Williams, won the mm-hmm. NCAA title. We won't mention the team they beat in the uh, championship game. It was a hell of a run for you guys. Indiana. <laughs> yeah, Maryland under Gary Williams, and Juan Dixon was the leader of that team. Now he's coaching Coppin State right in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like Coppin State here getting eight and a half. I think they keep it close, even though they got easily handled in the two regular season meetings. A bid on the line in these smaller conferences. They don't get all the love, but it yeah. is intense basketball, knowing what the winner no, gets to there, go to the There's big a lot dance. of pride here, yes. for, you know, for these two HBCU conferences, the MEAC, and then the SWAC's going to get underway later today. On the other side, our number two here of betting across America, and we started with what's trending in college hoops. Don't go away. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.